We pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Cars, cars and more cars, shiny and new, lined up in endless rows, ready to be driven. But they haven't moved. They haven't moved in months. They've just sat there. What gives? Perhaps you've seen the video pictures of those huge lots of cars or Kentucky Speedway when they had them all there because of that semiconductor chip shortage. So you had these cars just so ready to go, but one little chip and they couldn't go anywhere. Or picture a finely crafted, handcrafted mahogany guitar with the finest of steel strings and it's just a beautiful instrument that's bought and then it just sits on a shelf, no case, nothing and collects an inch of dust, or just dust so thick that you can't even tell what color it was anymore. Or you're digging in your fridge, you find there in the back some leftovers from your favorite restaurants that you ate at two weeks ago. Yeah. So now there's a stench, and yeah, it's completely inedible and not good for anything but to be thrown out. What connects these pictures I just shared with you? These cars that seem like they're perfectly good and ready to drive, and that's what cars are meant to do, but they just sit there useless. This guitar, this beautiful instrument that's meant to be played is a dust magnet. And your favorite meal from your favorite restaurant that was supposed to give you an awesome lunch is now in the trash. What's the problem? Those things didn't fulfill their purpose, did they? Those things fulfill the purpose that they were created for, that they were made for. And when things don't meet that purpose, that doesn't sit well with us. You probably thought things like, oh, what a shame, that's a waste. And I did too. Because that's how we feel when things don't find their purpose. In fact, what a thing is finds fulfillment in the purpose it was made for. The people of this world are constantly looking and searching for purpose. What's my destiny? What am I here for? How can I make an impact? And often the world struggles to find many answers. This world needs something. And Jesus recognized this. Jesus taught this. He said the world needs salt and light. And the very fact that the world needs salt and light communicates something about the world. That it's decaying. In desperate need of something to preserve it. Something to enliven it. To impact it. That it is dark. And so many people walk in darkness unsure of what their purpose is. Unsure of how they can impact the world in a meaningful way. How they can leave a legacy, be remembered. How they can affect their children and their children's children. How they can find a purpose in a world so dark and decaying. These are the questions the world so often wrestles with. And we're right there with them sometimes. Wondering what could we do? What impact can we have? What is 
our purpose, especially when we see just how decaying and dark this world is. How could we have an impact that actually changes something for good in a world that seems to only be getting worse? What can we do as one person in a sea of billions to leave an impact to affect our children and our children's children? What's our purpose? Jesus tells you today that you already have one. Just by simply being who you are. Jesus' disciples have just witnessed some incredible things. Just at the end of Matthew 4, right before this chapter, they witnessed sick people come in lines to come to Jesus for him to heal them. And he did. He healed every last one all proclaiming that their teacher, this rabbi that they dearly loved, was something far more than that. And now Jesus is beginning his first sermon, his famous Sermon on the Mount. And the disciples have just heard that even though they feel this darkness and this decaying of the world and it weighs on them, even though they are poor in spirit and meek and persecuted, Jesus says, you are blessed. And then Jesus told them all these you wills, that you will be filled, you will see God, your reward will be great after all this persecution. But maybe the disciples started to think, no, that's great, Jesus. You know, I'm looking forward to that. What about right now? What's our purpose? So Jesus tells them, and Jesus tells you. He says, you are the salt of the earth. He says, you are the light of the world. Being a Christian isn't just about possessing these future blessings, these things only to look forward to, which of course it possesses those things too. But being a Christian means you are salt and light now. Being a Christian means that you are, to this decaying and dark world, the very thing that it needs. Salt and light. It's not about another self-improvement book. It's not about this profound strategy of how we can impact the world or this secret way to leave a remembrance or just some sort of lasting thing or impact on this world. No, Jesus simply says, you are, not be. This isn't a command from Jesus. He's speaking your reality, not you will be. This isn't just some future thing. This is your reality right now. Jesus says you are present tense. It's what being a Christian is. And Jesus makes it quite clear for us. His absurd illustrations in the reading today make it so clear how naturally it is that you just live out this purpose as believers in Christ. Tasteless salt. That doesn't make sense. Salt, if it's salt, it, it does what salt does. If not, it's diluted. It's not really salt. So, and it's thrown out. But you're not that. That's what Jesus is saying to you. Nobody lights a lamp or a light and then just covers it up and says, yeah, I'll just leave that on while I run up my energy bill. No. No. That would be ridiculous. Even the kids knew that this morning. 
You don't light a flashlight and put a cloth over it. No, you simply will be light. You are light. So in the same way as those things, the Christian, the believer in Jesus simply lives their life and they are salt and light to this world that so desperately needs it. He tells you what you are. And so you are. You probably live unaware at times of all the ways that you are just naturally being salt and light. It's even as you just live out your daily lives. That's what Jesus tells you this morning. He says, Let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. This isn't like last week where we talked all about spreading the gospel to the ends of the earth. Of course, that's being salt and light. But Jesus is talking about our daily lives and vocations and talents and opportunities he's put before us. Every day, our good deeds that we get to be a light. When you give a few extra minutes of that listening ear to a hurting person that really needs it, you're being who you are, salt, reflecting the one who wants to hear our troubles and the pain we experience in this decaying world. When you work hard and diligently at what God's put before you, people take notice, and you are being who you are, a light who reflects the one who works so hard for us, who gave up everything for us even in the most mundane tasks that feel so repetitive and so unnoticed, God says those are the ways that are being salt and light. The good you do each day as salt and light does have an impact. That's real purpose because it leads to people glorifying your Father in heaven. And that has eternal effects. Of course, it helps to know who we're salt and light for, doesn't it? A heavenly father who loved us so much that he sent his son into this decay and darkness to save us from it. A heavenly father who had a purpose that all would be saved and he carried it out. A savior who knew that purpose and everything that it was going to entail and yet he carried it out every last part. A Savior whose blood shed on the cross had an impact like nothing else in this world, washing away our sin and making us new. He's the salt that preserves us to eternity. He's the light that shows us the way to the Father. That's who we get to be salt and light for. So, how's it going? How's your life of being salt and light going? Because maybe you're like me, and, and that's awesome, and we, we really appreciate who God is and who we get to be salt and light for, but in some ways, that's kind of daunting. Jesus, who was so perfect and always perfectly was this salt and light the world needed, and that's who we need to model in everything and in every way. Jesus says that like a town on the hill can't be hidden, so our light won't be hidden, but do we sometimes maybe dim our light a little bit? 
when yet another bout of impatience toward that person that just really irks us and gets on our nerves leads people to say, wow, Christians sure are harsh and impatient. Do we sometimes maybe put a little bit of a cloth over our light when we grow proud? That we are the ones who are called salt and light as if it was something we earned or deserved. And so then people look at Christians and instead of seeing them as the thing the world needs, the salt and light, they see us as something nobody wants. And besides, it seems Christians aren't too keen to share it. Our deeds can easily communicate something opposite of our purpose. And these words in the second half of our text really start to convict us. Because Jesus says some difficult things. He says, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. And then at the end he says, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. Can we do all that? Do we have the strength, the power to carry that out? Jesus' words seem to condemn us as quickly as he speaks them this morning. Even the least of these commandments. But I skipped a really important verse. And that wasn't fair. Look at verse 17. Jesus says, Do not think I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Jesus came with a purpose. And he carried it out. To the smallest letter, not one little part left out. He fulfilled what the law demanded. He fulfilled what the prophet predicted. And he did it perfectly. The perfect salt and light we so often fail to be. And he is the one who calls you salt and light. He is the one who enables you to be salt and light, to carry out his commands. He is the one who strengthens you to do those things. And more than all that, by his fulfillment in our place, he made you righteous. Verse 20, that last verse, it certainly convicts us. How can our righteousness surpass that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who were obsessed with righteousness in even the littlest things? Well, it's because they were looking for righteousness in all of the wrong places. They were looking here. Always in it to improve their own righteousness, their own status, their own personal purpose. Your righteousness already, already surpasses that of the Pharisees and scribes. Because it's not your righteousness. You have something that the Pharisees and the teachers of the law didn't have. Faith in Christ. 
And the scriptures tell us something profound. Paul writes in Romans that this righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. Yeah, it's true. Only the righteous can be salt and light. Only the righteous. But newsflash. You are salt and light salt and light because you are already righteous. Christ made you righteous. He fulfilled all righteousness. We heard that at his baptism. He did that to fulfill all righteousness. He fulfilled all the demands of the law. Not one thing left out. And now he is the one who gives us that strength to go and do what he calls us to do. To be salt and light to this world even imperfectly. Because it's not our righteousness. It's his. And so, yeah, you are salt and light. And you are all those things our second reading said about you. You are a chosen people. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. God's special possession. That you may declare the praises of him. Of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Cars that are brand new, just ready to be driven, but they can't be. That's a shame. A beautiful instrument that's nothing but a dust magnet, that's a tragedy. Your favorite meal gone to waste, that's sad. Christians living their daily lives, that's beautiful. That's purpose. This world is a decaying place. It needs something, someone to season it, to preserve it, to flavor it. This world is a dark place. And people don't know where to turn. It needs somebody to light the way. You are. And don't take my word for it. Take Christ's. You are the light. You are the salt that this world needs. You are enabled to be salt and light. Even imperfectly because Christ made you righteous. Christ has given you this beautiful purpose that so many are seeking for. Be salt and light. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, Jesus says. Neither will your God-given, Christ-enabled purpose as salt and light not shine through as you live your lives for him. Christ gives you purpose. In him. Amen.